Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Yes, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8 verses 38 to 39. This is such an uplifting piece of scripture for all of us, whether we're rejoicing in the good fortune of our lives or wondering where God has got to. We're reminded that our faithful Lord and Father never forgets us, never leaves us hanging, never abandons us. When we're feeling all these human emotions, it's we who are forgetting, leaving and abandoning. So wrapped up are we in our own troubles, we barrel right over our Saviour and roll up our own sleeves and get to work ourselves. We belong to God. We were created because he wanted us. We didn't create ourselves. We are his idea. We're his face, his eyes, his hands, his touch. If we look deeply into the face of every human being on earth, we'll see his likeness. And because we are unalterably his, he loves us undyingly. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And as parents, we know how it feels to love a child so completely that no matter what happens in our relationship, nothing can take away that powerful emotion. In our communion with God, We'll have full victory through him who showed his love for us, despite all the dashed dreams, heartbreaks, depressions, illness, and loss of faith. When we work through our troubles with the Lord and with each other, we grow stronger. We grow closer to God. The times may seem awful, painful, and difficult, but when we come out the other side, we find we have resilience, a power, a deeper love, and we're able to feel his closeness all the more. Amen. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home looks like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch. It can be in pursuit of passions or simply hanging out in a tree. And sometimes it can make us wonder what on earth we're doing. And for the next few weeks, I'll be talking to mums who have walked through the fire of a compromised income, illness and disappointments of one kind or another. And I hope that we'll all find encouragement and strength from what these women have to offer and by their presence discover that we're not alone and that in the end, somehow, we'll be strengthened and heartened from unexpected places. I had my fair share of ups and downs too and persevering with homeschooling brought me much joy. I saw the light bulbs go on and was there for the turning points in my children's lives uplifting and some not so uplifting. With God and my family, I've moved in and out of my comfort zones, gained insights and delights along the way, and I'm here to share them with you. I'm broadcasting live today from Lucas, Texas. 
More about that in a minute. And after the first break, I'm thrilled to be welcoming back Tom and Julie Meekins, who have a thriving ministry for parents of interesting and very active children. They're going to be talking today about their marriage and how they strengthen their family with the decisions they made together. So stay tuned. They'll be with me after the first break. I'm drinking some hot water today. It's turned a little chilly here in the south and I'm all set. So grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNinnies, where I'm still considering the homeless situation, recovering from a very busy trip to L.A. to see my filmmaker's son contending with roommates and writing poetry. Are you ready? Such a lot's been happening in my life that I hardly know where to start. It's not until I sit down and go through my diary that I think, oh, I'm a busy lady. I'm so caught up in what I'm doing that I barely feel as though I'm accomplishing anything. That's the beauty of a diary. Every moment may not be packed with achievements from my to-do list, but the combination of days certainly allows me to see where I'm going. I mentioned I was broadcasting live from Lucas here in Texas. Lucas used to be horse country and very rural, but with the expanding metroplex, it's fast become a desirable place to live and malls and roads are popping up to serve the flocks of people moving in. Still rural, all the plots of lands are a couple of acres, if not more. We decided not to move back into the hotel we were staying at and when we went off to California. So on our return, I found us alternative accommodation while our apartment is becoming available. We're in essence renting a room in a house, but we have full access to the living areas and are encouraged to use the kitchen and all the appliances, which we are to a degree. We found it to be definitely a major move outside our boxes. And I keep reminding myself it's not for long. The surroundings are beautiful and we're really very fortunate to be able to do this. The house is a Spanish-style ranch with a tiled roof, a fountain in the courtyard that keeps the birds coming and the neighbouring dogs, and more than an acre of garden. There's a 3,400 square foot of living space, so plenty of room to move around. The floors are stained concrete like our old house, so it feels very much like home. The owner is an artist and she has a studio behind the house where she works during the day. Her home is filled with the kinds of finds we would make, lovely pieces of wood, unusual paintings, lots of wrought iron work and odd pieces of pottery and china and of course her beautiful plant and flower arrangements that she has and trees in addition to our gracious host we have a roommate in another bedroom a young man from louisiana finishing up his degree in physiotherapy here at baylor hospital he's gone all day so we hardly see him but sometimes in the evenings we all clash in the kitchen it's tempting to cook for everyone but really all in together so we resist that temptation although there was chicken soup simmering in the crock pot last night enough for all of us for several days. Our teacher daughter came and spent most of last Saturday with us and we cooked for her. She came on a walk with me around the lovely neighbourhood where there are horses and lots of dogs, most of them roaming free. The dogs, not the horses. One of the horses, a pretty paint, whinnied at me as I walked past and I had to go back and stroke him. I'd love to become really familiar with them, but I'm a little hesitant around such large animals. So that's where I am for the next couple of weeks before we move into our flat for six months. I'm taking a big breather before even thinking about tackling the task of unpacking boxes and cleaning out storage units. 
And yes, we went to California to visit our filmmaker's son. We had a really lovely time. We stayed in a house instead of a hotel, rather like our situation here. The service is called Airbnb and is worldwide and much more economical than hotels. Go check it out. We're only about seven minutes from our son in California, so that worked out really well. We spent time at his apartment. He cooked for us, we cooked for him and his friends. His roommate is from the north of England and has only been in America four years, so we had a lot in common, talking about foods, ways of life, TV shows, and the weather, of course. I was pleasantly surprised that L.A. wasn't as smoggy as I'd heard, and the traffic was all right at the times we were out on the freeways. We managed to avoid rush hour. I was worried about parking, but there were meters everywhere and plenty of availability. Nothing like London, where you drive round and round for a long time trying to find a space. Each town or suburb of the city has a high street, some fancier than, than others, Rodeo Drive, for example, in the Beverly Hills environs. My son lives in Sherman Oaks, and I was interested to see a lot of pedestrians. In fact, he'd walk and meet us at his local grocery store at a shop along the road, something we'd never do here. I liked him. Ian works nights at an editing company, real nights, midnight to 8 a.m. The plus side to that for us was that we could do things in the evenings with him until about 11 when we started wilting and he was all ready for work. He took us on a tour of his office the first night. It was fascinating, very artsy and creative. The computers there that he uses are amazing. There's also a small screening room for color correction, which the editors do on old films. Rather like the service, some photographic companies offer to restore old sepia photos. They restore old films as well as edit current TV shows. We met all the people he works with during the night too. Good welcome to his world. His routine was to go to bed as soon as he got home from work, then call us at about five in the evening when he was getting up. It fitted our schedule well, and my blue-eyed cowboy and I pottered on our own during the day. And some of the pottering we did was to go to the Paul Getty Museum. We had to park, which cost $15, and take a tram up the side of the hill. But the rest was free, very economical excursion if you had a car full of people and a good place to spend a whole day because of the gardens, the cafes, water fountains, and there were lots of exhibitions. Families were there with picnics, our kind of people, and the views over the city and across at the mountains with the Pacific in the distance was stunning. The main exhibit was The Triumph of the Eucharist by Rubens. Six massive tapestries were on display from the 1600s. It was hard to remember that they were that old. I walked slowly through it twice. It was very powerful and humbling. I don't know what you think, but I like to be in touch with the people who lived before me, discover their ideas, learn from their lives, and strengthen my connection to the world. Without history and being able to put our lives today into perspective against what's gone before, knowing our pain or our happiness has been experienced by others hundreds and thousands of years before us, how can we really live and share this world created for us? For myself, I enjoy knowing I'm part of the big scheme of things. Well, this week I'm continuing my series about homeschooling in the face of adversity. How do homeschoolers handle real life when it hits their families, when things are just not going as smoothly as we'd like in the homeschool? My guests and I will be exploring questions like, did you think homeschooling would be the answer to raising your children? Did you think they'd be sheltered from the secular world and grow into young adults who are not tempted by their peers? What happens when illness strikes or unemployment hits and goes on and on, or a host of other obstacles that seem to be taking us away from the task in hand.
During these shows, you'll be offered advice and encouragement. As the first flush of homeschooling pales, the humdrum of reality sets in. We see the wind, we feel obstacles, unexpected conflicts, sap our spirits, plans go awry. People we were counting on let us down, the economy plays tricks on us. What happens when life happens? Resiliency is given a chance to shine. People tend to respond to traumatic experiences in one of two ways, defeat or resiliency. Resiliency actually enlarges our capacity to handle problems and in the end not only survive but grow as we find the Lord is truly with us. And it's very close to me going on my first break. So you go and replenish your drink and I'll be back in just a moment with my guests. Um, and we'll find out about the silver linings in clouds hanging over our homeschools. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The WooHoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. From the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. 
Joining me today are frequent guests to my show, Tom and Julie Meekins, who have a heart for parents, especially those raising children with challenges. In Walking the Talk, they decided to dedicate their professional lives to helping families navigate the scary world of parenting. Tom and Julie became certified in child development and health coaching, and in March 2011, started a company called March 4th Family LLC to help other families needing someone who totally understood the struggles they were having. Tom and Julie have been married for 34 years, have four children, and in a moment of certifiable insanity, chose the homeschooling path, and now have four young adults who are doing fabulously. Julie was one of my first guests back in March 2010, and we've been going strong since. Today, we're going to be talking about their relationship and how it's impacted their homeschool since they not only live together, they also work together. Tom, Julie, welcome back to my show. Hey, Thank Vivian. you, Vivian. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, are you, are you sitting together? Can you see each other's faces? We can. Yes, we can. Oh, good. Good, good, because that helps. <laughs> Sometimes when I get people on two separate phones in separate rooms, you know, they, they don't know who's going to be answering the question. And at least with, with each other there, you can kind of give each other a nudge when one of you can't answer one of my difficult questions. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So um, how are you? The last time we spoke, I think you were getting ready to move out of your house and somewhere else. So how, how did that go? Uh, the move itself is always a challenge, especially when you're getting rid of 35 years worth of belongings um, and only keeping a very select few. But everything went smoothly. We are now in Lynchburg, Virginia, and we absolutely love it. So is that a long way from where you were? It's about four and a half hours, so it oh, wasn't okay. too bad. We were able to settle on the house and, and uh, drive the van uh, same day. The truck on the same day. We were met by my son and, oh, must have been eight or nine of his friends. And so mm -hmm. we unloaded the truck in about uh, one hour. So we were very thankful to be greeted by our son and his friends. Oh, well, that's, that's marvelous. So you weren't just going into the unknown. You had family there already? Yes. Yeah. Josh has been here doing school for the last three years. So it's uh, he had a a group of friends that he had had been hanging around with. And it was so nice to have that young blood to carry that furniture after we oh, had loaded the truck. <laughs> I know, I hear you. So uh, we did the same, we didn't do the same thing as you in moving, but we fell in love with one of our son's college towns and would have loved to have moved there. So did you do the same thing? Did you just fall in love with where your son was yes. going to college? That's yeah. the, every time we brought him back to school, we liked the area more and more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of work that we do, we can do it from anywhere in the country mm -hmm. or really anywhere in, in the, the world. world. So mm -hmm. we said, well, what's a, what's a good place? To, the, the cost of living is less than where we were, and um, where could we uh, settle and down? And that is beautiful. And it's it beautiful is. here. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at the, the change of seasons, and the trees are just at their peak right now of, of color, and mm -hmm. we have the, the mountains, the Appalachian Mountains in, in the background. Beautiful. Wow. Lovely, lovely. Well, but that, that still takes a little bit of courage because you probably had friends. If you've been in your house for 35 years, I'm sure you had a pretty good circle of friends. Yeah, that was uh, the hardest thing, I think, for me is leaving behind my best friends. And we had quite a crew. There, there are three others that are especially close to me and, and I to them. And then there's just, a, you know, you're right, you know, 30 years worth of living in a town and, and you have lots of good friends. You 
know everything, you know yeah. everybody, and you can get places without thinking about where you're going. You just yeah, that's right. Drive. Yeah, totally different, but it, but it's all good because you know it's it's almost like I, I felt like we're in our twenties again, and we're just getting started again, and it's all fresh and new, mm-hmm. and kind of gives you a new energy for life too. Well, good. Good. I was going to ask you, you've been married for, 30, well, I said 34 years, probably 35 or even more. Well, how long is it now? 35. Yeah, so you've been married 35 years and you've seen a lot of changes and um, you've homeschooled. And um, oh, have there been any moments during your homeschooling where you, where you thought, I can't do this anymore. This is just too much. Not the homeschooling itself, perhaps, but maybe something else that was going on around you that, that discouraged you. When Amy was born, do uh, you want to share with that? Yeah, sure. That? You know, we have four children, and the youngest one, our Amy girl, was born 19 years ago. And she was born not breathing, and, you know, she had some pretty significant special needs right off the bat. And she had two, four, and six-year-old siblings at home waiting for us. Um, and so that really was the thing that undid us. And now we were just getting started with our homeschooling journey then. Katie was in kindergarten, and mm-hmm. she was she was five. She turned six just after Amy was born, like a couple of weeks after. And mm-hmm. so we were just getting going, thinking, you know, this homeschooling thing is really kind of cool. And, um, and then, yeah, it kind of took the rug out from under everything in life. Mm-hmm. Mm. So at the, at the time, you had three young children at home and were homeschooling one of them, but obviously had the other two right there. So, Tom, you were out. Were you working at the? I mean, outside the home at the time, you hadn't started your business yet. That's correct. Um, I did the commute into DC every day, mm-hmm. or at mm-hmm. that time, I think it was in the Northern Virginia. So it was a a long a long day uh, commuting, coming back home. Um, it was probably a three-hour commute daily wow. that Round you were trip. doing at that point. Yeah. Right. Huh. So, so, Julie, yeah. you you were left at home with these, you know, four, six and under, and one of them severely yes. challenged. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did you? What 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 helped you? How did you get through this period and decide? You know, you're going to stay with the homeschooling. What were the alternatives? Well, one of the things I'm thinking about is that in the early days, Amy was um, on a, an apnea monitor, and it would go off at very inconvenient times, and mm-hmm. so like in the middle of the night. And so yeah. I realized with the commute that Tom had that he was not getting much sleep, and it wasn't as, you know, none of us were getting much sleep, but especially the commute, I was worried that he was going to fall asleep driving to work. And so one of the things that we did, and this is going to sound very strange to um, keep your marriage together in a good way. I kicked him out of my bed and I said, go sleep in the guest room downstairs where it's quiet and mm-hmm. you don't have to be hearing this monitor. And so that, you know, that's not what you would consider to be a good thing in a marriage, but no. it was the right thing at that time. And for me to realize, you know, I need to be doing the night duty all by myself because this yeah. is this is not good for his health or our health or for his safety or anybody else's safety driving that distance every yeah. day. Yeah. So, Tom, were you were you relieved? <laughs> well, I, I think back. Uh, I, I vividly remember a time that I fell asleep at work uh, <laughs> during a meeting, very briefly, and I, I really embarrassed. But 
yeah, the, you know, sleeping was not a priority at that time, and you just had to you just had to deal with it. You just had to uh, go one step at a time and one day at a time, and mm-hmm. uh, do do the next thing. So yeah, uh, you know, yeah. we were committed to uh, uh, you know committed to the children to 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 homeschooling yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and I had to I had to go to work. Yeah, and to, to and whatever it took, but that was really interesting. That was interesting that what you said, you know, just uh, you you move into another bedroom where you're not going to be hearing the monitor, so that you can get a good night's sleep. And then at the weekend, did you take over all nights? I don't know what I did. Tom <laughs> it's says, a blur. He looks back on that time and he says, I think I was in zombie land. You know, we were just, we really were. But um, I tend to remember some of those details a little bit more than he does. But he, um, he was an, an amazing dad. And, you know, his, his uh, I would say, default mode was always to be 100% involved in everything. And that's why it took me to say, you need to not be involved in this process right now during these night hours. Um, he would, all of his time that um, he had, uh, what do I want to say, leave time, had to be wrapped up into doctor's appointments. He had no time on his, on his own whatsoever, you know. So everything, all vacation time, all leave time went into going to doctor's appointments and taking care of the other three, you know, when we had to do certain things for our Amy girl. And mm-hmm. um, he was in it. He was in every single aspect, every decision, every anything that um, needed to be done. He was in the middle of it. Yeah, we have uh, a, a very good group of friends that would yes. uh, uh, watch the children when, when we had to. So I think um, we learned how to say yes. When somebody yeah. offered, this is something we want to share with the people that are listening to this program. You know, if somebody asks if they can help you, say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very hard, if you're an mm-hmm. independent kind of person like we are, um, it's very hard to accept that kind of help. We want to be the givers. You know, we often want to be the givers. And mm-hmm. um, there comes a time sometimes in our lives where we need to say, yes, we do need help. And it's okay to need help. And it's okay to receive that help. You know, that, that was the time when, when Amy was born that the, the church, our church, uh, pitched in and we had meals. Mm-hmm. For months. Four months worth of meals. Yeah, four months. And then we had to say, that's enough. We're not being good stewards of your time or your money or your efforts. We can definitely cook our own meals now. So we're good. And that got us uh, up got us through. The and got us through yeah. the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, food apart, it's really uplifting to know that there are that many people who are um, invested in, in your life and, and help, you know, helping you too. So, yeah. 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 Right. So that was a that was a tough time. And I'm sure for the rest of your homeschooling, um, Amy has always, you know, sort of because that didn't just go away. You didn't just suddenly Amy was fine and, you know, could fit in with the um, rest of the family, which, which, of course, she can fit in with the rest of the family. But she always had those special um, needs that the others didn't necessarily have. Right. Yeah. 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 I think. I think the other thing that really helped us in our marriage and in our homeschooling was you have to have a sense of humor. You just have mm-hmm. to laugh at things that are weird and freaky. One day, I think your readers or your listeners will really appreciate this. Um, Amy was tube fed, and so we fed her by a gravity feed. So she, if you can picture an IV pole with a, a pack of food hanging from it, and um, and the food would come down a little teeny tiny tube. 
Oh, I'm sorry. We have to go on a short break. I wasn't getting any of my cues or I wasn't watching them. I was just enthralled. We'll be back in just a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. I'm sorry, Julie, <laughs> to cut you off right <laughs> no in the middle worries. of your story. And um, I'm, I'm using a new notification system, and it wasn't doing something that I'm used to it doing to alert me to look at my screen. So I was just listening to your story and then all of a sudden the music comes up. So sorry about that. Okay. So you were saying this, the story. So you had to feed Amy through a tube. You've got this, it's a gravity feed. So you've got this bag hanging above her and you're feeding her. So carry on with your story. (laughs) Okay. So if you can picture our meal times were different than most families. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if you can picture her, um, this little tube with food coming down through it and hooked up to into a little, we call it her little gas tank in her belly. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, so she, she's being fed. Well, she discovered during one of our meal times, and you know, she has siblings that are very young and it's crazy anyway when you're feeding young children and trying to do a meal time together. And this was one <laughs> dinner. Um, she discovered that if she pushed on her stomach, her food would go back up and oh. you could see the act, you could see the food in, uh, in the tubing. 
And so mm-hmm. she started pushing on her stomach or she would sing. She would make yeah, a noise, make a noise you know, uh, whenever she pushed on her stomach. So she'd go, uh, and it would go back up. Well, uh, we laughed so hard. The entire family, I think we were all exhausted. <laughs> we were, you know, it was that <laughs> adrenaline thing going on, you know, but we, I can't, I can't remember distinctly. We laughed so hard for a very long time. And of course she was feeding on us laughing. So she kept mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm, and it was the mm-hmm. longest meal we ever had because it took forever for her to get fed. <laughs> she was talking. And- yeah, she was very yeah. young. She was probably like two years old. Yeah. And that was so funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, so obviously you, you are very supportive together as a couple. What What do you do to refresh your souls? What do you do to, you know, sort of help you get through? You said humor is one of your things. But what about when... All the children are asleep at night. How do you how do you relax? How do you resource yourselves? Well, in the morning, uh, we make it a habit um, every morning to pray, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it's we're on slightly different uh, different schedules. <laughs> Tom I, is an early bird, and I am not. Let's be honest here. So, <laughs> right. So, and Julie doesn't mind in the morning. You um, wake me up. Yeah, to be woken up, but. Uh, but we do pray. We pray for the children. We pray for our day. We pray that we would follow the Lord in um, uh, the growth of March 4th family, our business. Uh, mm-hmm. Pray for people that, that we're working with. So uh, prayer is a, is a very important part of our time together each day. I would say also that we talk a lot. We do mm-hmm. a lot of um, hashing over things and trying to figure out um, strategies and we brainstorm together brainstorm. a lot. Um, we have, you know, we, we definitely are in that stage in marriage where we finish each other's sentences. And But we realized, you know, Tom had always gone to work and I was always with the children. And then all of a sudden that changed three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago. And now he's home full time. And so, you know, we kind of have our own, especially homeschooling moms, I think we have our own little throne room you know we we are on the throne and we just kind of do our thing and then all of a sudden there's this other person that's there all day long and Mm -hmm. so there was a major adjustment in figuring out um how do we change our schedule a little bit you know and how do we um let let's not assume that we know what the other person is thinking and so we have learned to readapt i think in that regard and and we're not assuming the routine anymore because the routine is different and so it's a, there's a lot of discussion that takes place, and we chat so, all day long. So when you first went into business together, when you first started um, March 4th Family, were you still homeschooling all four children? Had some of them left? What was going on in the family? We had two left when we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh was in his later years of high school, and Amy was probably in her early years of high school at that mm-hmm. point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. so we were we were full-time homeschooling and full-time March 4th family at the same right. time. Right. And during those times when, I mean, adapting to, well, adapting to marriage and living with somebody is one thing. And as you said, you were, you were used to Tom going off and he had his job and you had your own world with your children. You had your routine and you, you know, adapted for weekends and holidays and vacation times. But now all of a sudden, Tom is there the whole time. How did, I'm going to ask Tom, how did you feel entering into this world that you had not 
been in on a daily basis during the day, you know, you've been in it on the periphery, on, on the outskirts, you know, working during your free time with the family. But how did you, how did you get your, how did you manage to, were you welcomed in there? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Julie is a very welcoming person, so it's not difficult to work with. At all. Uh, at the beginning of our uh, of our, our of our time of me taking, I call it early retirement, and moving on mm -hmm. from um, the commute to working at home, mm -hmm. um, it was almost like every day was Saturday. You wake <laughs> up and what day is it? What day is this? And so, if you can picture a Saturday where you know, families are working together and chores have to be done and things have to be done, well, add the business into there. Add. Um, I, I, I um, did uh, um, the math, the higher math with Amy, mm -hmm. uh, taught a, a science class for her and what, four or five other other girls. Um, mm -hmm. well, there was, there was a, a, a young man in that class, too. Wonderful group of kids. So homeschooled, um, it was biology. I, and I relearned biology by <laughs> teaching it. It's amazing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much fun I had, had doing that. Uh, but uh, getting back to the schedule... Uh, um, we have learned to, to, to know what part of the day each one of us is stronger and when we need a break. And so Julie um, is very supportive of me uh, going to Starbucks uh, in the morning. And that's when I think and write and do email the best is, is in the morning. Um, so so I, I take, uh, take some time in the morning uh, for myself and, and for study. And, um, and she does very well in the afternoon. And so we, we work around each other's schedules. We get together and we have our meeting usually late morning. Um, so it's, it's getting to know each other's um, um, patterns and when we're the strongest and when we won't bite each other's heads off. <laughs> Do that? <laughs> no, that sounds very sensible, giving yourself each other a certain amount of space and then working within the homeschool and taking on the science and the math and Julie takes on whatever is uh, her, her strong points. And, uh, that sounds as though it worked really well for you. And I know that the two of you together took classes and got certified and are constantly learning, you know, you're lifelong learners. You're passing this onto your children in a wonderful way. And, you get so enthusiastic with, with things that you're learning and wanting to share with parents. Has there been a time when you've seen something that you wanted to do and decided it doesn't really fit with, with you know, our focus and have had to say no? Well, what we've had to do is adjust with um, understanding that it's not really about us and our business. It's about the families and what they need. So I think the biggest adjustment for me uh, when we first started with March Boy Family was about, oh, we're starting a business. Well, it's not really about starting a business. It's really about what's, who's out there and what mm -hmm. are their needs. And we're talking about the next generation. You know, it's, mm -hmm. our, it's our children's generation that is raising children at this point, you know. And so mm -hmm. what is important to them? The technology has gone crazy. And mm -hmm. so, you know, how do we reach our audience the best mm -hmm. way that we can. And so we've had to give up some thoughts of the way it was for us. 
When we were raising our children, it's different now in some respects. There are a lot of things that are the same, but there's a lot of things that are different too. And so can we be flexible and can we roll with what is going on in their lives so that we can be the most benefit to them? I think that's Mm -hmm. been the, the biggest thing. And it's not so much, you know, that doesn't fit with our business. It's more like what fits with these people who have these particular needs and how can we reach them best? I think one of the biggest things that we've learned um, is that, you know, we're talking about husband and wives and relationships here in the marriage setting while you're homeschooling or while you're raising children. And one of the things that we have learned is to help parents understand that each piece that they bring, the dad brings a piece, the mom brings a piece, is unique. And Mm -hmm. sometimes dad piece is frustrating to mom and sometimes mom's piece is frustrating to dad and how to help them on each other and respect each other for the pieces that they bring and those pieces are vital for the children and okay. and how to help them I think that's been the biggest thing in the last probably two years of our business that we've learned uh, how to help parents navigate that especially when you're raising a child who has challenges so what's one of the things that you um, encourage parents to do who are having to navigate that um tolerance of each other's uniqueness well definitely communicate um Mm -hmm. i find that fathers tend now this is a generalization and and this is me tend to sit back and analyze a problem or analyze a situation when the mom is just ready to get right in there and 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 just make it right the dads want to fix it i Mm -hmm. julie will say something to me a a problem and i'll instead of the well of course i listen (laughs) but instead of really identifying with her and listening i would want to come up with 10 steps to fix it um Mm -hmm. and and so that so the so the guys tend to to analyze it now uh we would tell the mom that is a piece that you need that the children need and then we would tell the dad the, the the feeling the caring the um, the emotional part that that mom has um, is also needed, and so you bring your your pieces, your strong pieces, together when you're raising. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, we're getting ready to go on another break, and when we come back, I'd like you to talk very quickly, if you can. I don't know whether this is even possible about your um, National Center for Biblical Parenting that you attended and that you're going to be bringing. To the parents, is that possible? Yes. Yes. Very much. Yeah. And so you've got something kind of, we've got about five or six minutes in the in the next segment where you can share that with us. And let us know where you're going to be so people can maybe who are living in your area come see you at some of these homeschooling conferences that you go to. And we're going on a break right now. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
LinkedIn. It's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. So you were talking about Going out and, and learning new things, not just for your business and to satisfy, you know, Julian, Tom Meekins, but for the families that are out there that need the help. <clears throat> and one of the latest things that you did was you went to the National Center for Biblical Parenting or did a workshop. Tell us about it. Yes, we took their presenters training. We went out okay. to California Mm-hmm. Um, from Virginia, and it was um, a couple of days worth of um, just really understanding the whole concept of what is heart-based parenting. And mm-hmm. um, so now we can present materials that get, you know, behavior modification is what is prevalent in our society in training children, and that's important. We want our children to obey us. But mm-hmm. uh, biblical parenting and ba- heart-based parenting takes it th- to the next level, It's not enough to just have behavior modification. That's the outside of things. We want to reach the heart. We want to grab the inner motivation of a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we are going. (laughs) So there, there are workshops. Um, The National Center for Biblical Parenting has materials that have written by Dr. Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller that are just outstanding for helping families to be able to understand that concept and how to really get um, down into the into the down and dirty of getting it to their families and communication. 
we are going to be actually doing a uh, presentation in the Arnold, Maryland area on November 15th. We're going to put that on the website as soon as we get finished mm -hmm. with this call. Um, it's called Cooperation, Consequences, and Keeping Your Sanity. Mm. Um, so it's a wonderful workshop. It's uh, probably from around 9 to 1 and gives all kinds of tips and ways to teach children from that inner motivation perspective. So you're right. Yes, Right. We're going to be there in, um, in Arnold, uh, Arnold, Maryland, um, November 15th. That's, uh, that's in the works. Uh, we're, we're, uh, working out all the details right now, but, uh, that's coming up it's very shortly. It's an awesome workshop. Yes. We heard Scott and Joanne of the National Center for Biblical Parenting actually give this workshop to, um, Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa to probably 800 people. And mm -hmm. it was well received and it's excellent material. The parents were excited and feeling empowered when they left. Mm. And okay, um, so, yeah, I was going to say just another, we're going to be doing a webinar on November 12th and all this uh, will be on our website, uh, march4family.com, F-O-R-T-H, march4family.com. And mm. if you want information about uh, the class, it's slash class, march4family.com slash class, C-L-A-S-S. We'll take you to the information of a webinar we're giving on November 12th, where anybody can attend just by uh, opening their computer. And that title of that webinar is Heart-Based Parenting for the Child with Challenges. So oftentimes parents will go to these conferences, parenting conferences, and they get all kinds of tips and wonderful information. But then they have these children at home that have challenges, and they have difficulty figuring out, how am I going to apply this material to the child that I am raising? And so that's what this webinar is all about. Well, Tom and Julie, you've been great guests. You've been great um, motivators, I'm sure, and um, encouragers for my listeners because not only were you dealing with one very challenged young child as from an infant onwards, you had three other young children that you were homeschooling as well. So we know what that's like in a family where you've not got any challenges, you know, so very difficult, very, um, oh, tiring. And you gave us some wonderful insights as to how you managed as a couple and as a family and how your marriage progressed and, and got deeper and grew into this business that you now have where you can share all of your experiences and your insights and your ups and downs with other parents who are going through similar situations. It's quite a privilege to be and an honor to be available to do this. All right. Well, I've been talking to Tom and Julie Meekins, this remarkable couple who have a heart for parents raising young children raising with challenges children. and for balancing their own lives and strengthening their marriage. You can find them at march4thfamily.com. I have them linked on my Sociable Homeschooler site and my homepage on Toganet Radio. And you may even be lucky enough to catch them in person at... Um, one of the conferences that they're going to be um, doing um, 
over, well, for this year and next year, I'm sure one of them is at the Arnold in Maryland. Um, you can also listen to their past shows with me on my site. Tom and Julie know that with God, all things are possible. They pray. It's never too late. And there is always hope. And they carry this message with them, uncovering that silver lining wherever they go. Julie, Tom, I thoroughly enjoyed talking with you this both this afternoon. Hope you have a lovely weekend with your family. Thank you, Vivian, and you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Well, I had a little foray into the world of writing for money recently. I belong to a reading critique group, and I'm constantly encouraged to send my work in to sell. And one of our number writes for schools and curriculum companies, but I'm nervous that writing to a deadline may spoil my love of writing for a hobby. I was introduced then to someone who was compiling an anthology of poetry for librarians to read aloud to their preschoolers and kindergartners. And the topic was holidays. Since I was late applying, she promised to send me a holiday that hadn't been covered once she'd got all the submissions in. April Fool's was what I was offered with no instructions as to the length, the content or the simplicity, whether it was one or two syllable words, for example. And in hindsight, I should really have stuck to my guns of not writing for money. But I had a stab and after six hours filled with research and clever rhyming schemes, I submitted my first draft only to be told that it was too long and the vocabulary was too rich. Could I make it simple? No indication as to what too long meant or specific simplifications. As a homeschooler, I hardly ever read really simple one syllable word books to my children. So I was totally out of my league here. After three more submissions, with the poem getting with the poem getting stripped down and thoroughly sanitized, so as not to give these young listeners any ideas for pranks at home, I was told that the holiday would probably be left out of the anthology altogether. Since I went to all that work, let me enthrall you with a couple of verses from my original effort, and then the final very short, very blah, complete poem. Here's an excerpt from the first poem. Who can say what happens on April Fool's Day, or where in the world did it start? I can't stop the giggles, my side hurts too much, a loud chortle is good for your heart. This playful day's kept all over the world, you could say it's global for folk. Be careful, wise up when spring rolls around, the whole world is in on the joke. In 1957, all Europe was tricked by spaghetti growing on trees. The Swiss had a bumper crop, it appears. Send us pastor plants, please, pretty please. Though your pranks, tricks and jokes are all made in jest, have them finished up by midday. One eye on the clock, one last practical joke. Always fun on April Fool's Day. I was told it was way too clever and colourful, although it would make a funny picture book. The complete poem will make it onto my boomering.org site shortly. Waste not words, want not words. And here's the final draft that I sent in after the three others that were sent in that were too long and had safety issues. You'll hear it has none of the qualities of my original piece and is very bland. I tricked dad with a joke phone call, made mum scream at my toy mouse, stirred fake flies in the honey, let T-Rex into the house. They all found it funny. This day is so cool. April fool. Well, 
let's go back to museums and higher thinking for a moment. And I'm so glad we homeschooled. There's a richness to it that traditional schools lack. I spent a whole morning when I was in L.A. at the Hammer Museum all by myself. And uh, while well, my cowboy had a meeting, I walked in off the street, was given a sticker and a brochure and told to enjoy my stay, which I did for three happy hours. I browsed through modern and classical art, some performance art and some sculpture. All of it was thought provoking. There were two rooms of classic 19th century masterpieces, the real McCoys, Van Gogh, Monet, Renoir, Cezanne, Gauguin, Degas and Lautrec. There was a Rembrandt, a Titian, Sargent, Corot and Latour. It was like standing in someone's living room with their favourite artists on display. I just stood and looked soaking up the beauty and I watched flabbergasted as groups of school children, upper teens, walked through the spaces, phones in hand, eyes downcast without a backward glance. I wandered through the Jim Hodges exhibit filled with silk flowers, mosaics and corners with small chain spider webs. He used gold leaf and cutouts, fabric and glass. It was very eye-pleasing and it was a very modern collection. And it made me miss London and the opportunities to be cultured in that city. And that's it for another week. Happy Halloween and be safe trick-or-treating this evening. We're out into the countryside this weekend looking for a reasonable place to live and keeping ourselves available if one of our children wants to come and visit and have a meal cooked for them. I'm off to have my hair cut now, trying to grow it out. And it's at the in-between stage, always a challenge. We may go and see a film. How to Train Your Dragon 2 is out at the cheap movie theatres. I've got my reading and critique group this week. On Guy Fawkes Day, November the 5th, they're reviewing my memoir and I hope they're kind. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Tokenet Radio, my producer Casey, my returning guests this week, Tom and Julie Meekins, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, and Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Go forth in peace for you follow the good road. Go forth without fear for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us. Do, 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 do. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on